Good morning, Tuolumne Community Baptist Church. This is Pastor George here at the church office getting ready for our Sunday service. Looking forward to it. We're starting a new series today called Root Cause. It's going to be a three-part series, and I think you'll enjoy it. I hope to give you a lot of answers of what's going on in your life, why things continue to seem to happen in your life over and over again or things that you want to see change and you just can't seem to bring about that change. Uh, I hope this is good for you as it's been good for me to study. God bless you. I hope to see you at church here real soon. We'll see you soon. Thanks. Bye. So today we're going to start a new series. The series is entitled Root Cause. Root Cause. Glasses are right there. Thank you, dear. I'm a little, uh, I don't know what I am. Praise God. Pray for me, Tony. <laughs> I know. I know he does. Sometimes, you know, you do something like, uh, it just, just uh, throws you off, off track. But it's okay. We all put down roots somewhere, amen? Whether it be in the world or in the word. Where your investment, where you invest your time, ultimately, affects what kind of fruit that's going to be produced in our lives. This three-week series, I'm going to share insight and results of putting down spiritual roots. That's what I'm reaching for, is that we put down spiritual roots. Jesus is our vine. He is the grapevine. A grapevine produces fruit. Well, there are other kinds of vines in the world, like a jungle vine. It produces thorns. Jesus produces good fruit in us. And without him, we cannot do anything good. Well, pastor, that's pretty strong things to say. No, it's the truth. We can't do anything without him. It is so important that we really pay attention to this next few weeks. Through Christ, we can do all things. We know that through Philippians 4. We've memorized that. We put it on our hats, our t-shirts. We put it everywhere. And we bear good fruit. The key is to abide in him and to let him abide in us. When we abide in Jesus, he produces the fruit. The fruit of the Spirit that's in us. We, the branches, are who carry the fruit and we display it. We cannot bear spiritual fruit without connecting to Jesus. And that's in good times and bad. Our Father is a farmer, a gardener, a landowner owner overall. He planted his son as the best vine in his vineyard. He gave us a choice to accept that vine and follow Christ. When we abide in him, we bear the fruit of the Spirit. We glorify the Heavenly Father. This brings us to point number one. Jesus is the root, the vine. I want you to look at John fifteen five. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. 
So it's not just me saying it. Jesus said it. Without me, you can do nothing. Verse 6, it says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. You guys just think about that one for a little while. He says in verse 7, If you abide in me and my words in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Scripture's not up there, huh? Okay. That's right, I'm going to keep on going. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. I'm fairly sure that I'm safe to say here, if we're not inviting in him, then we're not his disciples. If we're not abiding in him, you're playing church. You're just hanging out. Hey, we're a great bunch of people to hang out with. I'm glad that you're here. But are you abiding in him? Are you truly abiding in him? We need to ask ourselves. It's a rhetorical question. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to answer me. Well, Pastor, I don't really know what it means to abide. Well, I'm so glad you asked. Merriam-Webster, he described it. And in 2018, it was on April 2nd, it was the word of the day. Abide. To bear patiently, to tolerate, to endure without yielding, to withstand, to wait. To wait for. To stay put. It's not a pound on you. But you think about it. I thought about that when I put it down. I thought, oh man, he's going to think I'm picking on him. But hey, if, it, if, if the shoe wears, it fits, take it off. <laughs> Defining and describing abiding. We believe in Jesus. Abiding begins with belief. Abiding becomes much more than belief, but it's never less than genuine belief. Therefore, to abide includes belief that Jesus is God and that he provides salvation and forgiveness of sins through his death, burial, and resurrection. Do we believe in that? Yes. Oh, man, that was really poor. Do we believe in that? Yes. yes, we do. This belief as well includes the acceptance of the Bible in which Jesus Christ is revealed is true. This genuine belief in Jesus and the Bible that reveals him and anchors the branch to the vine. So we're supposed to be reading the Bible, Pastor? Yes, you are. I recommend a daily time. You know, if people just can't, I just don't know where to read. Read a proverb a day. Guess what? There's 31 of them. How convenient is that? A proverb a day, it'll change your life. I promise you that it will. Start a reading program. Get into the Word. We care about what He says. Abiding includes an ongoing acceptance of the Word of God. John 15, 4. We got it. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. 
neither can you unless you abide in me. He's told us this more than once now, that we can do nothing unless we abide in him. In this statement, Jesus connects our abiding in him to his words abiding in us. We do what he says. Abiding includes ongoing adherence to Jesus and his commands. Look at John 15, 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and I abide in his love. Therefore, those who abide in the vine obey Jesus' commands. Amen? Amen. Earlier in the gospel, Jesus said to a group of Jews that they are characterized as having believed in him. I want you to see this, John 8, 31. And Jesus said to those, there it is right there, Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Man, you guys are quiet. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Look at Matthew 7, 17. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Verse 18, but a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. What's he talking about here? What's he, he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit that lives within us. Look at Matthew 12. 12.33, it says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. I think we can see here that Jesus has a strong opinion on either to serve him or not. He said, make a tree good or make a tree bad. You choose. It's up to us on the fruit that we're going to produce. You remember Revelations 3.15? This scares me to death. I know your works. Well, just those, were, just those first four words. I know your works, that you were neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. Look at verse 16. So then, because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Jesus. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And do not know that you were wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Do you know anybody like that? People in America are rich. Okay? Comparatively speaking, around the world, there's none other like what we have here in America. Plenty. <coughs> Plenty. What do we have need of? Everything's fine. Uh, Manny, you got a job. You're paying your bills. Things are good. What do we need? We need a Heavenly Father. We need to be linked to that vine. We need to be part of what's going on in the church. We need to abide. I don't want to be counted. I don't want to be spit out of God's mouth. Now let's go back to the root. 
Look at Revelations 5, 5. It says, But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has be prevailed to open the scroll and loose the seven seals. Anybody know who he's talking about there? Jesus. That's Jesus. He is the lion of Judah. He is the root of David. Revelation twenty two sixteen says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. Man, I love that. I love that. Who is his angel? Come on, man. Who is his angel? He said, Jesus, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you the things in the churches. He's talking about pastors testifying to the churches, growing the churches. It excited me to find myself in the Bible. I was right there. Right there. He's, we're his angel to testify all the things that he is the root and he is the offspring of David. And we need to get back to him. Brings us to point number two. We are the branches. We are the branches. John 15, 4 says, Abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. When we abide in Jesus, he produces the fruit of the Spirit in us. We are the branches to carry the fruit, to display it. We can't bear fruit without connecting to Jesus. This includes in good times and in bad. When we're in the midst of hard times, is the best time to display your good fruit. Well, what is the fruit? Is it our kids? No, that's family. It's, it's the fruit of the Spirit. It has everything to do with how you raise your family. It's good leadership in your house, in your home, in your family. It requires the fruit of the Spirit. Let's look at Galatians 5.22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. I'd like to stop right there. I wish, I'm going to give you the Georgie Porgy translation. Because I've looked them all up. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. That's really the fruit of the Spirit, is love. These other things, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, is all the attributes of love. And we have to know that. The fruit of the Spirit is love. If you're walking in love, you're going to have joy and peace and long-suffering, Manny. Long-suffering. You go through it again and go through it again. It's like it's never going to end. But you know what? You carry it, and God will bring you through, and you will develop kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, which is probably one of the hardest ones for all of us. Back me into a corner. Well, just don't. I try not to lose my self-control. But we're just people. But we need to develop in love and we'll start developing. 
This is the root cause to the blessing. The lack of the fruit of the Spirit is a root cause to our sinful nature. Our relationships can be judged with the fruit of the Spirit. Are you a loving husband? Are you a loving wife? Are you long-suffering? Do you, have you developed joy and peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness? A lot of questions. Brings me to point number three. The Father is the vine dresser. The Father is the vine dresser. John 15, 1 and 2 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Verse 2, it says, Every branch in me does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Think about that. Think about that. I mean, it hurt me when he said, if you're not bearing fruit, I'm going to cut you off. But realize when we're bearing fruit, you're still going to get pruned. God has a way of pruning things back. And things will grow. It'll develop more fruit. We can't be afraid of the pain. John 15, 8. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Doesn't sound like a disciple is a disciple unless he's bearing fruit. Are you bearing fruit in your life? Let's look at an Old Testament passage that describes the father as a vine dresser. It's in Isaiah. Chapter 5, verse 1. It says, Now let me sing to my beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. Speaking of God. My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. Verse 2, it says, He dug it up and cleared out its stones and planted it with its choicest vines. He built a tower in its midst, and he also made a wine press in it. So he expected to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. Hmm. Verse 3 says, Now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge Please, between me and my vineyard, what more could I have done to my vineyard that I might not done in it? Why then, when I expected to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? Verse 5, and now, please, let me tell you what I will to do, will do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge. Man, that's an interesting statement there. I will take away its hedge. You guys remember the story about Job? You know, when, when Satan and God had this meeting, Satan said, ah. God says, you ever checked out Job? And God says, yeah, you, you can't touch Job. You built a hedge around him. He'll always worship you. You built a hedge around him. So God said, all right, I'll, I'll remove the hedge. And he'll still serve me. And he did. But literally, he went through terrible times. That's what that hedge is. He said, I will take away its hedge. 
and it will be burned. I will break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down. Verse 6, I will lay waste. It shall not be pruned or dug, but there shall come up burrs and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain, no rain on it. Verse 7 says, For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, is the church in Tuolumne. You can put your name in there. For men judge of Judah and his pleasant plant. He looked for justice and behold, oppression. For righteousness, but behold, a cry for help. We American Christians, we're part of this house of Israel. We are part of his pleasant plant. When will God take a hedge from away from America? Because of our sin, because of our wild grapes. I want you to listen to basically the same thing that Jesus had to say in the book of Matthew. Jesus said, hear another parable. There was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard and set a hedge about it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower. Does this all sound familiar? And he leased it to vine dresses, vine dressers, and went into a far country. Verse 34. Now when the vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the vine dressers that they may receive its fruit. Verse 35, and the vine dressers took his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned the other. Jesus. Again, he sent other servants, and more than the first, and they did likewise to them. Then last of all, he sent his son to them, saying, they will respect my son, won't they? Look at how Luke said it. Luke 20, 13, he says, Then the owner of the vineyard said, What shall I do? I will send my beloved son. Probably they will respect him when they see him. Look at it in Mark 12, 6. Therefore, still having one son, his beloved, he also sent him to them last, saying, They will respect my son. No, they didn't. Verse 38, but when the vine dressers saw the son, they said among themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and seize his inheritance. So they took him and they cast him out of the vineyard and they killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those vine dressers? What will he do to America for turning our back on God? You know, we all think that just taking prayer time out of schools is, is, is no big deal. It changed everything. It changed everything. We can't do it without. America was founded on biblical moral beliefs. This land was dedicated to God. And like these evil people, we've just killed the son. 
You know, Matthew 21, 41 says, They said to him, He will destroy those wicked men miserably and leave his vineyard to another vine dresser who will render him the fruits of their seasons. And Jesus said to them, You have never read the scripture. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. That was the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our eyes. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. They didn't get it. He was trying to tell them, but they they couldn't figure it out. But we're here. Modern times in America with our Bibles in hand. Nobody threatening to take our Bibles away from us. You just wait. If we live long enough, you may see it. He says in 43, he says, Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken. But on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. I praise God that I tripped over that stone a long time ago. And I turned my life life back around to Jesus Christ. But my concern is that there's many people, not so much in our little church, but there are churches all across this nation that people are just sitting there smiling. Thinking that they've got it all together. And not even hearing the message of the cross from the pulpits anymore. Wow. Verse 45, it says, Now when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard these parables, they perceived that he was speaking of them. Hey, they perceived something. They finally got it. But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitudes because they took him for a prophet. They were afraid to kill Jesus right at that moment. People, we need to come back to our first love, to our first love. We need revival in our church. What does the fruit of the Spirit look like when it's working in us? What does the fruit look like? Joy, peace, kindness to your neighbors, to the kids that drive you absolutely crazy around your neighborhood, to a busy store where it's just, I get personally so much anxiety, I want to run out of there screaming, pulling my hair. That's what happened. That's what happened, Dave. I went to Walmart one too many times. I thought you got into a fight with a lot more. Nah. Nothing that that dramatic. We need to come back. And we need to pray. In the bulletins to come, I'll remind you to start praying on the 18th of September. Ten days before to pray through and we can be part of this but you can watch it on tv you can watch it online of churches around the world going to be coming together
praying for revival. And we need to be part of that. Amen? Amen.